Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new SDGC review. Uh, today, um, I am Justin, and I am going to be reviewing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we had a code provided by Square Enix. Um, it was a really op- awesome opportunity for us. I'm really excited to talk about the game. And joining us, um, joining me today is Derek. Hello. And John. I just want to point out, today you are Justin. Tomorrow, who knows? Tomorrow you will <laughs> become knows? God. Who knows who you become tomorrow? Um, yeah, but uh, we're here talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and yeah, I've got a lot to say on it. So um, this was a game I was not particularly enthused for um, because of a lot of the pre-release material just did not connect with me. I think a lot um, of people, like broadly, most people were kind of unenthusiastic about this game. Yeah. Um, and I think also probably Avengers probably played a role because these are both Square Enix published projects. It, it 100% did for me. Um, yeah, so, and also, um, you know, for me, you know, writing and script and stuff is going to be very important, particularly in, I mean, this is a linear, single-player, um, story-focused game. And, like, obviously script and writing are going to be very important to me in that kind of situation. And, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was Idas Montreal's last game, which has a script that I have ragged on incessantly uh, since that game has come out. So I wasn't particularly excited going in. Um, and then I actually played it, and it's been the most surprisingly enjoyable like AAA game that I have played in quite some time. Like usually, I think I feel like I know what I'm getting into uh, when I play, you know big triple a games especially like licensed stuff um like with marvel and stuff and this game really really did catch me off guard um the writing um and the performances are outstanding um this game really put the script and the writing and the characters at the forefront of every single thing that it does and it really won me over it's one of the strongest guardians stories that just in comics, movies, whatever. Like, it is an excellent, excellent entry into, you know, the whole Guardians of the Galaxy mythos and stuff. I I really, really enjoyed those elements of this game. See, so, what's interesting is I look at, I've been looking at this, anytime you see big AAA licensed, any honestly, just big AAA games at this point. Um AAA action games I tend to look at from a perspective of their writing is going to be probably serviceable at best. They may have some good moments, but it's going to be all gameplay. That's what's going to hold up a game like this. And, you know, I think even looking at the preview footage that the gameplay looked serviceable. That's but, the best way to sum it up. Yeah, but that is when when that's what you're looking at. And, and I think that's where everybody's expectations were mm-hmm. so off as we were looking at serviceable combat in a game where we were expecting the gameplay and combat to be everything. And then it turns out that it has it sounds like just this very well written story and good character work, great dialogue, an excellent sense of humor, you know, a lot of style and charm. And I think we were not expecting that much. So and I, I think. I, I think it, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, no, I was just going to like to piggyback off what Derek was saying. Uh, I, I've got a question about that, actually, Justin. Like, yeah. like what, what's the story to combat balance? Uh, like, like how much actual, how many combat scenarios are actually in the game? So, I mean, there is a decent amount of combat, but it's spaced out fairly regularly. Um, like, it's not just like, 
I mean, in the last few chapters, it gets a lot more combat heavy, obviously, as you're kind of doing big superhero stuff uh, <laughs> as you progress towards, you know, the finale. But like, especially in the first few chapters, it's like there's a there's a there's a combat scenario and then, you know, you'll be walking around for a while. Um, and like the amount of dialogue, I, I cannot overstate how much dialogue there is in this game and how reactive it is. Every single room, every single path of the game has unique multiple lines of unique dialogue and including um including every encounter um just exploring sometimes it makes reference to dialogue choices that you might have made you know earlier in the game coming back and like like it's such a reactive script um but yeah it's not super heavy um on combat outside of a few scenarios like i mean there is combat there is a fair amount of combat it's not like it's you know not a combat game but like the combat and exploration just really feels like it's connective tissue um to provide a basis for characterization and dialogue interesting so i i guess my my next question justin would be you know given that you know you know, like I, I do want to talk about the story, but I'm, I'm, I've got one more combat-related question. If you don't mind, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I feel like, and again, I'm coming from the perspective of someone who has not played this. Um, so since inception, since we, since this game was announced, I felt that the lack of like any kind of co-op was a like a a, a missed opportunity. Do you still feel that way, or and I, I remember you, you were thinking the same thing. Yeah, before so we, before we'd actually it, started before you played it, so like like where are you at on that now? I mean, it's kind of tough to say because the combat system they have, I don't think would really work that well in co-op. Like it's literally like basically like Quill. You you only play as Peter Quill, Star Lord. Um, I should probably clarify that for people that aren't familiar with the game. You pl- you play as him. Combat with him is lock on based. It's not like traditional like third person shooter controls. Like you hold down like one of the triggers to lock on to an enemy and shoot. Um, and he has abilities and stuff too. But using his Im- abilities isn't as like intuitive as it is like giving commands to the other team members. Like you're really just kind of just running around with him. And then giving commands to the other to the other team members like it it just it seems designed more where you're like in a party leader position than it is for like, oh, you can just slot in every other character like really only Rocket would really work because he's the only other one that uses guns. Um, But I, I do think that the decision to focus on this being like a very story character focused game was the right one. Uh. But yeah, it it is odd. Like if you're going in looking for something that's going to be like a rich combat experience or something that provides co-op and stuff, this isn't this isn't steer gonna, steer clear of this. Yeah, this this is not get. going to scratch that itch. Um, level design is also, you know, pretty pretty basic. But um, like one thing that I loved is how reactive stuff is. Um. Even like side paths, like in a lot of AAA games, if you are accompanied with other characters, they're like, oh, why are you going that way whenever you try to go off the main path? But in here, yeah, it somebody, actually somebody like, yells at you, and they're like, yeah. hey, come back here, and the camera yeah. turns around. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. But like here, they'll actually have like a conversation about where you're going. They're like, 
why are you going that way? I told you it was a dead end. And then they'll mock you when you come back and they're like, it was a dead end. Um, they'll comment on other stuff in the environment that'll trigger other conversations among the other members of the team. Uh, there's one section where uh, this, this is all optional stuff. I walked into a room and there was a guy that was in like a little in, in a cage and I, I, I assumed because he was like yelling out to me to get attention that um, that was the way to progress. It turns out it was like just an optional thing, but I turned and left the room. And then he starts freaking out, yelling, like, you're really going to leave me here? You're really just going to leave me? Like, he starts losing his mind. And then, like, as I walk down the hall, other members of the team are like, did you really just leave that guy there? <laughs> um, and then I came back. And when I started talking to him, it didn't just play the regular conversation. Like, there, like he actually was like, like, thanked me for coming back and stuff. And just little stuff like that builds up throughout this entire game. I just want to point out, Justin, that guy sounds like the video game personification of every zero-follower Twitter troll in your in, in somebody's <laughs> Okay, mission. so I, I, I won't spoil who it is, but that's actually a pretty deep-cut Guardians of the Galaxy cameo character, which wow. I thought was cool. There, there's some deep cuts uh, that show up in this game, and the that guy is one of them. The collector is a, is a Twitter troll, isn't he? Well, see, I'm curious because I'm somebody who actually read a lot of those early mid 2000s Guardians comics when the modern incarnation of the Guardians got formed, basically during yeah. like Annihilation Conquest. I think it was that it got put together in the current form um, around then because yeah. the original Guardians are like like a 1970s team or something that's completely different. I mean, the Guardians team has changed many, many I mean, yeah, many yeah. You're probably not seeing but, like Bug and Vance Astro in, um, yeah. you know, but like that's the thing is, is as somebody who read these comics before the movie, I know that one of the things I saw coming into this and saw a lot of people talking about was, oh, well, this is more discount MCU, but it sounds like there's a lot more actual direct comic love like i'm looking at this drax looks a lot more like his comic incarnation than he does you know but dave like, batista <laughs> per personality wise drax and rocket are very much the mcu drax and rocket yeah um rocket even has a very similar well. voice drax has very similar line delivery yeah um however their backstories definitely have a lot more of the comic stuff in them quill and gamora I think are way better than their MCU. That's what I hear. I think, I think they are much richer characters. Um, they're kind of one note in the movies. It takes a long, it like, this is one thing that the game does that I think is really awesome. It feels like playing through an entire arc of a comic. Um, because it uses the kind of longer runtime of a video game to actually, add in a lot of these lore, a lot of lore stuff, a lot of little character details um, that you can't do in a movie with, with like a two hour, two and a half hour runtime. Um, this, ga this game is also longer than I thought. It took me nearly 20 hours to finish um, and it's really well paced. It, it, it does a good job building up to what the main conflict is um, and then dealing with it. Whereas a lot of games kind of like all of a sudden things get really bad and then you have to take care of it and then it's done. Here, there's like a really good build. Um, it builds up the relationships that the characters have with each other, as well as the other relationships that end up being really important to how the conflict plays out and stuff. It really feels like 
it's a full comic art arc. And like the artwork is clearly like referencing a lot of the comics. Like it look like there's times where this game looks like playing like a 70, like the seventies, uh, sci-fi art that have so heavily influenced this series. Um, it's really cool. There's a lot of, there's a, like the, I think the character's voice acting and like presentation will probably be very comfortable for people that are just used to the MCU incarnations. But, um, they, it doesn't just take from the MCU. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's exciting because I know, see, I don't even agree necessarily with a lot of people's complaints about comic book and Marvel stuff where it's like, oh, well, this is just taking from the MCU. I think there's an ignorance in that where people don't recognize. Yeah. It's like when people complain about a Marvel game drawing so heavily from the MCU and it's like the MCU is everything but the X-Men and Fantastic Four, like which is most of the Marvel Universe. I don't know how to tell you that these characters mattered to these comics, you know, before you first became aware of them. So when people look at Guardians of Galaxy, you go, oh, well, this is drawn from the MCU too much. I know my first thought was like, how many of y'all even read those mid 2000s comics to complain against? So So, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this, right? And you know, the MCU Although, started in- just one thing to note, because um, I know this is a complaint people had with Avengers. The MCU costumes are unlockable if you don't like the base designs for this game. Although I think the base designs for this game are a lot stronger than Avengers. Um, well, like, like I, I really love Quill's uh, silly star star lord. Oh, so Quill's from the 80s in this one instead of like the 70s. So all the all the licensed music, which We'll we'll get to that because it's it's good, but also poses a problem. But like he has like a power metal like studded. I was gonna say let's go with the eighties rock logo. is is so yeah. cheesy and shitty, and I love it. So I like that's a good vibe. There's almost like a a full album of a fictional band named Star Lord uh, that they did music just for this game, uh, which is really cool. Well, just to finish my thought. Um... One thing I've noticed is, uh, you know, when we're talking about Marvel games, uh, you know, these days, whether it's, you know, Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy um, or, uh, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you'll notice that a lot of these games take a lot of visual and audio cue and and, uh, and uh, uh, audio cues from the MCU. You can I, and people I, I feel like developers are kind of in a no-win situation here, right? Because if they hem too close to the MCU, people say, well, this is just copying the MCU. And if they skew too far from it, people say, well, this isn't like the MCU characters because the MCU has become essentially how the majority, because like, like, let's face it, the majority of people who watch the MCU have never read comics, or at least not many of them. Comics right? are and a comics, niche. Comics are still very niche. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is how the general public associates Marvel is with is with the well, MCU. and I think Guardians so, of the Galaxy. That's also probably even more so because they were right, fairly obscure even no, by were, comic no, standards. They were D-listers. Uh, yeah, before, I like, was I was movie. unusual in that I had actually read and heard of these characters before the movie got announced. So and you know, so I I don't you know I don't think anybody should be surprised when these properties you know when you know when these video games based on Marvel properties take a lot of these, you know, take a lot of these cues from the MCU, of course they're going to. It's brand recognition. Like, 
you know, I get Midnight Suns. I guarantee it will be the same thing. There's there there will be there will be cues taken from the MCU, and at this point, we all need to just come to grips with that, which is fine. Like I I don't get the. I think they did a good job of towing the line here, though, because I think, like, especially like what I mentioned with like Drax and Rocket, um, their voice delivery and personality is very heavily influenced by the MCU. But they take a lot of the comic stuff about like their past, as well as putting their own spin on it. On it, I, I, I probably haven't made that clear enough that this does merge a lot of stuff from movies, comics, and then you know, Idas Montreal's own spin on it. Um, a uh, couple, like a couple of like some of the stuff like going on and like some of the characters' past is very surprising because it's really an interesting spin on ho- how certain things are usually handled, which I really appreciated. So um, there's something else that I I think we really need to address when we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and that is uh, its its dedication to being as accessible as possible, uh, which to me personally. Um, is is the most impressive thing about the game, you know, and and we we are a group who I mean all of us are are pretty much able bodied, but but we have a lot of friends who are not, um, and I feel like the the accessibility team at Square Enix really really knocked the really knocked the ball out of the park on this one, um, especially in regards to difficulty, which I think like this game kind of ends the debate on whether or not difficulty can be considered accessibility because it absolutely can uh, with the wide range of options available here. Yeah, so um, I'll talk about, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head because there's a lot, but I mean, when you boot up the game, there is just a normal four preset difficulties that you can choose from, Um, but there also is a a menu where you can basically fully, fully customize the difficulty. Um, I haven't really seen one as extensive of this since uh, Last of Us Part Two. Um, which also, which still, I think, has the most in-depth accessibility menu of anything I've ever played. But this is quite good too, um, especially compared to a lot of other releases I have played lately. Um, you can like customize, like you can make it so like enemies can't break your lock-ons. Um, like if you're somebody that would have difficulty, you know, moving the control stick, like you can just make it so enemies don't break your lock-ons. Um, you can. You can set it to fully pause, like when you go to give to assign um, assign abilities to your teams. Like you can get it to fully pause, and it almost kind of plays like a classic RPG. Then with like a full pause uh, ability menu, um, you can do a ton of stuff with that. And like subtitles, like that customization is also really in depth. Like you can change the colors, you can add backgrounds, you can change the spacing, you can change the sizing. Um, so that's really cool. Because I, I, I know, I personally, I play everything with headphones on. I usually don't have subtitles on. But I know a lot of people have really struggled, especially lately in a lot of AAA games, with reading text on the screen um, when they have to use subtitles. And this, like, makes it very clear who is speaking. Um, and then you can continue to fine-tune it um, to your needs. Um, the accessibility menu is awesome. I, I, think, I think no matter... I, th- I think if you want to play this, you know, as a very passive story focused game, almost more like a movie, you can, um, whether you need to or not, like, I mean, that could just be somebody's preference for how they would like to play this game. Um, this game, this game lets you do all of it. There's no punishment, um, for doing it. It just lets you cha- make any of the changes that you'd like and go from there. That is, that is so refreshing to hear. Uh, and I was super impressed 
one. I actually looked into this myself. Uh, I was so intrigued by it. Uh, it, it honestly and, sounds like if you just if your expectations are correctly aligned and you are going in there for the right reasons that this is incredible. It's just a matter of we were prepared for a middling story and middling combat. And what we got was an excellent story in character work and writing. And, you know, the combat serviceable. But, you know, how often in video games is it exactly the other way around where the game plays like a dream? It has a nonsense story like, you know, it's it's now, just like, about knowing what you're there for. Yeah. And, and a couple. No, just no, sorry. Go no, ahead, John. No, 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 no. Go ahead, man. Uh, so a couple other things I just want to mention, um, both positives and negatives going through the game. One thing that I have seen a lot of people really enjoying this mechanic. To me, it felt nonsensical and really incongruous, and I didn't get it. Uh, there's this mechanic called the huddle, where like you have a bar that fills up, and like you know, if you if you're getting beat up a lot, you can you know hit both uh, shoulder buttons to trigger it. Star-Lord raises up his, um, you know, his Walkman. They all huddle up like a football team, but they, like, get teleported to, like, just, like, a blue and purple background. And then they kind of shout, like, vaguely vague things and, like, words appear on the screen. And then you choose what to say to motivate the team better. I have no idea what they're going for. Like, the way the characters talk in those segments doesn't quite seem like them. Um, it's just really weird. And also because it teleports you away from the fight. Um, because when you successfully do it, everybody gets supercharged and the cooldowns on their abilities are, are greatly reduced and it starts playing one of the licensed tracks, which is really fun. And I think they just wanted to do it so that it wasn't just like a super move, but because they kind of pull you away, I, I couldn't remember what was going on in the fight and what abilities would be most useful for me to use. And I appreciated, you know, throwing on the licensed music and stuff, but it just, it felt like it was unfinished or not fully conceptualized. It felt very strange for me. Obviously it's a very minor thing, but it was weird. Uh, and I just don't quite get what that was going for. Um, but another another positive thing, though, um, is I found I found the I was kind of worried about the humor because a lot of AAA games have been like poorly trying to recreate the type of humor that we see in a lot of the MCU movies and stuff, especially Guardians. Um, and I was very pleased to see that a lot of the a lot of the jokes here were there were more in character interactions than just quippy stuff. Um like there's times where people are arguing and like they rip into it. They like rip into each other. Like there were times where I was laughing. I'm like, but damn, that was mean. Um, they handle the group dynamics really well. Like there are times when, you know, like there's one, there's a point in the game where rocket has like kind of communicated that he feels less appreciated as a member of the team. But, um, you know, they're, they're doing other stuff and everybody's kind of right. But then rocket gets like really shitty about it. Um, and like after that point, like he, he's also your dedicated, like crawl through small spaces and hack things character, obviously. Um, but you'll have to like ask him multiple times before he'll do stuff like that. They really connect a lot of that stuff, um, into gameplay and you get that kind of feeling like 
it's not just, oh, you know, these are friends going around doing stuff. Like, you get the awkwardness of when friends are fighting. Um, and it also doesn't steer away from the past that a lot of these characters have had. It's it re- The story really, really leans heavily into the traumas that shape these characters. Um, there's even a point where you meet um, a character that's, like, specifically asking about Gamora's mental health because she had been in such a bad state the last time they had met. Um, it doesn't shy away from the fact that a lot of these characters are criminals and murderers and stuff like that. Like it, it manages to be very funny throughout. Um, but it doesn't undermine a lot of the heavier stuff that it takes on. And and like, that was the balance that I was most worried about this game getting right. And they nailed it. Yeah. This, uh, you go ahead, John. No, no, Derek, please, please. Oh, I was just going to say this. It's really hard to even like, know what what more like I would need to know as somebody who has not played the game yet and and theoretically should be in the target audience um you know it sounds like it's a game that just absolutely nailed the world the character work all of that um and that the game itself is decent enough to be worth playing through to get the good stuff you know like if you go in kind of with the mentality that it's more like playing a telltale game with than some like combat. a typical, yeah, a typical triple a action adventure game. I think that will kind of calibrate your expectations in the way that you need to really enjoy this game. I mean, I'm, I'm like a resident, the resident dynasty warriors apologist. So I'm really not in a position to judge any game based on the quality of its minute to minute gameplay, <laughs> but um, <laughs> shut up, John. But, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's it's good to know I was prepared to write this game off and I don't like to do that because I'm a a huge comic book fan and I even enjoyed the Avengers game, to be honest with you. I mean, the the story mode anyway, the the live service aspect of it sucked shit. But, you know, I I was yeah, like all the Kamala Khan stuff was wonderful. And to be fair, I think actually the stuff I liked about Avengers when I think about it is very similar to what people are saying about guardians of the galaxy, which is, well, the gameplay is fine, but like the story and the heart in it and the character work is, is surprisingly quite good. Um, it's also, it's one of those games where you can, it, and this is something we've only kind of really seen recently with licensed games. Um, you can feel that the team really cared about this franchise and these characters and cared about getting it right. Um, in much the same way that like Insomniac Spider-Man games have felt. Um, they took a lot of influence from movies and the comics and all the stories that, you know, have already been established, <laughs> put their own spin on it and put them together in a really, a really great way that also shows that they really, really cared. Um, like you can, you can see the passion behind this IP in the team it's not just oh we got to do this for a check because we can get marvel money um they they really cared about getting it right so i do think we we need to mention one thing to the people listening to this um if you're going to pick up guardians of the galaxy and, and based on everything justin has said you know if you if you enjoy a good narrative uh you know if you enjoy the guardians of the galaxy themselves or uh comic book stories in general you should, you, you should probably do that um I, I have to warn you from what I have heard about the uh, the Nintendo Switch version, which you you stream. Um, do not do not play it on Nintendo Switch. 
it is a it is apparently I, a, a nightmare. I forgot that version existed. It is it is apparently a complete nightmare on Nintendo Switch, and this isn't the fault of the game. This is the fault of the Switch and its you know and its infrastructure. I mean, um, it's a it's a streaming thing. Speaking right. of streaming, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is I like mentioned the there last is a lot of we really got a hit on. Yeah, yeah, there is right. a lot of licensed music in this game. Uh, the track list is amazing, by the way. It is one of the best, well, most well curated like lists of 80s hits out there um it's like 30 plus tracks awesome uh there's a lot of moments where they blast music at the right time and it's a great audio cue if you are streaming this game make sure you turn on the streaming mode but also it really undermines a lot of moments in this game because there's just dead silence yeah, it did make the stream really, like, really funny to watch at some points because I'm like, I know what should be playing in the background, but it's yeah. just tremendously like, awkward. Like, at, at the end of the very first mission, uh, you know, Quill yells to blast some music, and they're all like, get this man some music, and then just nothing is playing. <laughs> and then at some point, it was like, yeah, now that's a song. There's nothing <laughs> if you're playing it in the streamer mode. Um, and so it really... This game's not very streaming friendly. Like I said, there is so much dialogue. Like there's near constant dialogue for the entire runtime of this game. Um, so it's difficult to speak over if you were streaming. And then also the streamer mode uh, issues make it very difficult. Um, but if you're just playing it at home, like most people will be, it's fine. But that is something I do want to warn people of because this isn't like a, oh, you should pick up this game to stream it for your audience kind of game, because I think that's very difficult um, to really show off this game in the best light. Cool. Well, um, I don't have any more questions. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sold to be honest with you. (laughs) I, I, I I will, I will likely pick this up at some point. Um, probably sometime, uh, sometime into the new year. Um, just because I've got, there are so many other releases coming down the pipeline that I've, I've already committed to playing, but, I personally am really glad that this turned out a lot better than I think pretty much everybody expected it to be like, like this has got to be, I think, uh, you know, probably uh, the most like the most pleasantly surprising game of 2021. I I'd say, I'd say so too. Um, I honestly, I wasn't even considering picking this game up beforehand, but again, we were provided with a code, which thank you to Square Enix um, for providing that. Um, it worked out that I was able to, you know, do, I, I did do a, I did do a stream of it. So I'm speaking from experience with those streaming issues. I did a two and a half hour stream of it that you can check out on the stream of the first, like, uh, like two and a half chapters or so. Um, game is quite long, so I really didn't go through too much of it. Um, but I'm, 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 I was, I was really, really happy to see how this game ended up turning out. I hope people give it a chance. Um, I know early signs is it's not selling all that well, um, which isn't all that surprising given, you know, the pre-release feel of it. I'm hoping, um, I hope that people up. do check it. I, I, I hope people do check it out because I, I really want to see what this studio could maybe do in a sequel where they can really maybe for, mo, for yeah, focus more on getting the gameplay. Um, really up to a high standard to go with the script because they nailed the characters in the script. And I really want to see where, um, where they go from here because I really, really love this incarnation of the guardians. That's awesome, man. I just, I, I'm with you. I, I, I hope it, I, I hope sales pick up on this one because I, I, I always love to see a talented 
uh, a good game made by talented people, uh, you know, get its due. So, so yeah, let's, let's hope for good things for, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, Derek, doesn't sound like you have anything else. No, um, I mean, I've got, uh, my plate is very full, but I guess I've got one more thing I've got to add to it. <laughs> Fuck. And uh, Justin, uh, do you want to, well, I guess if that's it, man, you want to sign us off here? Uh, yeah, I, I have been Justin. Uh, I was joined by Derek and John here on SDGC, reviewing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, code provided by Square Enix. And uh, you can thing, join Justin, us at... One more thing, Justin. You have oh, okay. been... I get, once again, you have been Justin. But he may tomorrow, not continue to be. Who knows? He, who knows? He's um, a shapeshifter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can join us, uh, Thursday nights at 9, 9 PM, uh, Eastern, uh, on twitch.tv slash, slash official SDGC, where we go over the week's gaming news. Uh, we have, we've been doing pre-recorded content, reviews, um, discussions, stuff like that. We do occasional streams. Uh, we have, have a wonderful discord, uh, with some wonderful people in it. Um, so please join our community, uh, take a listen to our stuff and we'll see you soon.